I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Monday, August 17, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Right out of the gate today, let's understand that the entire range of the S&P 500 was 15 points. It was $1.49 in the SPY. There's a little tiny candle up here. The reason is because it was a narrow range, very, very light volume day. Look at the top of the screen and you'll see the volume was 32 million shares. This is on close. Might creep up a little bit more. However, at the end of the day, that's almost non-existent volume. Why is that? It's the summer doldrums. How long do the summer doldrums last? Well, they can end at any time, but if you had to throw a dart and say, here's when they end, basically it's somewhere around after Labor Day. Doesn't mean the market's going to be quiet every day up until Labor Day. It just means we're in the summer doldrums. It's indicative of what happens a lot of the time, not every time, but a lot of the time in August. It's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. If everybody believes it's the summer doldrums and everybody believes all the traders are in the Hamptons and all that stuff, then everybody pulls back and they're reluctant to trade with no volume slash participation in the market doesn't change anything let's move along what do we have on the daily chart what's the chart saying back to us well nothing's really changed from the weekend video obviously the trend is up the trend is your friend obviously until it's not and they're still angling to make new highs that's what's going on here the market's headed toward some kind of destination where is that destination is it making a new high is it significantly higher highs a little bit higher high whatever it is the market's headed to a destination and the only thing that we have to do as analysts in order to identify where that destination may be is look for and i'm going to say it again signs and signal of a trend change when the market gives it to us until that happens the market's in an uptrend so nobody should be surprised when the market goes higher in an uptrend and it's in one of those grinding higher scenarios for the last several days we've been discussing the fact that technically speaking the market was still in a situation where this could be deemed a reversal candle and as long as they don't close above the high of that candle then it is essentially an active reversal candle well guess what today they closed above the high it was nonsense we knew it was nonsense the next day Nevertheless, the market's in a grind higher. It is what it is. You take it at face value. Couple of things we want to note. A, what's on the docket this week? Is there anything important on the docket this week? I think there may be some shenanigans in Congress with the post office, maybe a couple of other things, but that's not really what I was talking about. What I was talking about is today is the first day of what's called options expiration week, This is regular options expiration. That means the third Friday of every month. Not having anything to do with the weekly options, all that stuff. But this is regular way options expiration. Why do we bring that up? Because from time to time, and this is an awareness, crazy stuff can happen during options expiration week. Maybe it happens with a few stocks. 
Maybe it happens with the S&P. Maybe it happens with the NASDAQ. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. It's an awareness. It's not something that we use to place a trade. It's not something we anticipate happening. It's just what I said, an awareness. Another thing that we tend to do when the market gets to what appears to be, and we don't know until after the fact, but what appears to be an extreme. Well, maybe not an extreme since we're nearing the all-time high, but above the high would be considered getting to an extreme. Either way, coming from where we were in March, this is an extreme. So what I like to do is start to look at sentiment indicators. They're more of an awareness thing, but I like to understand if the boat is shifting to one side or the other. What are the sentiment indicators? There's a handful out there. You can look it up. You can choose whatever you like to look at. I don't really hold too much stock in the sentiment indicators, but what I can tell you is from what I've seen, they're getting into that too many people are bullish camp. But we already know all that. And by the way, that doesn't mean it can't stay like that for a while. That's why we don't really use the sentiment indicators to do anything. They're another awareness. There's a lot of awarenesses. They are puzzle pieces. They are on the table when they have meaning. A sentiment indicator on the average, for example, based on the average of what it is over the last X period of time, it's right smack in the middle. That's completely meaningless, so you just throw it away. But if you get, for example, a put-call ratio really, really low, you want to take notice. What's really, really low? It's subjective, 0 0.7, 0 0.6, certainly 0.5. Anything down in there starts to get my attention in terms of things are too bullish. That's a short-term indicator. It can resolve itself by the next day. That's why it's in the bucket of awarenesses. Here's another one we've been discussing. I think it's worth bringing up at this point on a regular basis. Whether or not the S&P 500 makes a new high, does it by 10, 20, 30, 40 handles, turns back down, or doesn't turn back down, is really irrelevant at this point. This is the equal weight S&P, RSP, is what we've been looking at. So I think the important thing is we've got a situation where we're staring at a potential lower high situation. High, lower high. Looks similar to some other markets that we discuss on a regular basis. This is another thing that becomes a puzzle piece. It's been on the table until and unless that resolves itself, meaning they take away the potential for a lower high. And we look at the weekly chart and we know the weekly chart has some stuff going on as well. So this isn't going to be out of the woods anytime soon. When we see something like this, we take a look at it and we say, anything can happen this week, next week, this month, next month. But in the big picture, is it healthy that the equal weight S&P index is making a lower high? And is that likely something that's telling us there's trouble on the horizon? We don't necessarily always know when the horizon or where the horizon is, but that we know that there's trouble on the horizon is enough for now. We have other stuff that gets put on the table as puzzle pieces, other tools we use that can tell us from a shorter term perspective that things are changing in the market. There's a character change unfolding. Maybe there's a turn coming. Maybe there's an intraday reversal. All those things morph into something else. 
So we look at longer term stuff. We look at shorter term stuff. We know the shorter term stuff has to happen before the longer term stuff really has a whole lot of meaning. But what's important and what I really wanted to point out is that all these things work together. They're all part and parcel to the end analysis. What about inside the numbers? What happened in the commentary and were there any stocks on the move today? We'll get to that later. First, we'll start with the pre-market commentary. Now, you already know that there was only a 15-point spread between the high and the low in the S&P 500. So what we also know is, other than the fact that we have a certain support or resistance area identified, there was no volatility in the market, so there certainly wasn't a lot of activity in the commentary today. In the pre-market, we want to note that we do have a breakdown candle and we do have the market hanging around the breakdown candle highs. Now, I didn't say this to point out that it was likely going down. I said this to point out, and it's obviously clear if you read the notes, that if they're hanging around the high, they're likely building energy to move higher than the breakdown candle high. That's generally how it works. They had an opportunity to reject price. They keep coming back to the high. That's a tell in and of itself. Let's move on up through the notes. What I'd like you to do is read the notes regardless of what happened or didn't happen today. You'll notice a certain support area. The market came very close to that support area and then it bounced away from that support area. We'll call it 337.5, give or take. You'll notice that in the notes. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read the stuff, go back to the chart to see what happened with price, with time, the whole nine yards. We did have a stock on the move hit today, OXY, Occidental. We'll take a look at that in a moment. Let me run through the notes first. And then here's what you see in the afternoon. They're making a bullish, flaggish kind of thing. There's nothing else we can see other than what's going on. So you have to be astute enough to identify what's actually happening. Have the awareness that if that doesn't happen, what's the backup plan? And... In a light volume day, what we also know is, what's the path of least resistance? When the volume is extremely light or non-existent like it was today, the path of least resistance is running sideways, eating time off the clock, which is essentially what they did, or higher, or both. It's a combination thereof. Stocks on the move today, there really wasn't anything happening in the pre-market, but there was a couple of potential opportunities out there, so we put them up on the board. Occidental, OXY, and PSX didn't hit its number. We'll focus on OXY, and we'll take a look at the chart. As you know, we take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Occidental was getting a very, very tiny little trim in terms of a haircut. Maybe just a little off the top. But it was on the move, so therefore it's a potential opportunity. The number we identified, you saw it on the board, $13.81. You see what happened by about 10.10 in the morning, the low happens to be 13.73. The market, or Oxy in this case, begins to turn around, goes on a very miniature rocket ride, making a high of 14.03. Now, keep in mind, it's a $13, $14 stock, so you're not expecting it to go up $7. This is why I don't like to put these low price stocks on the board because we're not necessarily looking for all that much 
to get our initial 1% or thereof off in our pocket. It did the deal any way you want to look at it. And then, basically, it ate time off the clock just in and around and slightly above the 1381. That's it. It was a bunt for base hit. We'll take it. If it bought you a cup of coffee, if it bought you a tank of gas or two, that's fine. What about Camp IWM? Any revelations? Anything happening here that's changed? No. For a few days, and we talked about it in the weekend video, they basically were eating time off the clock above the moving averages. There's still an uptrend going on, so there's nothing wrong with the IWM from the daily chart perspective. It is my favorite market leading indicator, and it was up almost one half of 1% today. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What about the folks down at the transportation department? My second favorite market leading indicator. What's going on here? Well, much of the same routine. It was flat today, but they're still eating time off the clock, and they are a little bit extended from home base, so it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for them to run sideways a little more, give home base a chance to creep up to price, or give price a chance to creep down to home base. And by the way, again, back to this week in the markets. Just because the market was up on Monday doesn't mean it won't be down on what? Turnaround Tuesday. Maybe it's up in the morning. Maybe it's down in the afternoon. We've seen that kind of thing over and over and over again, which is why the first thing inside the numbers members generally see on Tuesday morning is it's turnaround Tuesday. It's another awareness thing. Something also to reiterate in the weekly chart. So there's a couple of things going on, and we can always look at every chart a couple of different or maybe more than two different ways. What I want to mention here is that, yes, the weekly chart of the transports is at an important area. There's a lot of resistance up in this area. The market collapsed from down here. We've already gotten through there and closed above the collapse zone. But there's still a lot of resistance up in this area. But just because that is the case, and you might hear that elsewhere, always know this. The fact that they got here in the manner in which they did, in the period of time in which they did, has strength underneath the market. For them to blow through the moving averages and continue up and blow through the breakdown area, there's strength underneath the market in the transports. You need to realize that just because they're at resistance, what might be a resistance area, there's strength here. There was institutional participation to get here. No two ways about it. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Any change here? Well, they're up 1%. Again, these indexes or indices, some certain stocks, they're headed for destinations. We don't necessarily know or we don't have to know the destination. You know the story underlying there. We look for signs and signal, blah, blah, blah. This is in an uptrend. There's nothing wrong with the cues. The story hasn't changed. The reason why I sound like a broken record is because the story hasn't changed. In order for some traders to understand that the story hasn't changed and not to guess where the high may or may not be, you have to hear it every day. No change, move it along. Ah, the XLF looks like a lone shitburger today, down 1.67% in the XLF. Now, a lot of this may be tied to the bond market, when interest rates rise, 
financial stocks tend to do better. When interest rates fall, financial stocks tend not to do better. Financial stocks get a built-in benefit from interest rate movement. Not movement in the southern direction, but movement in the northern direction to an extent. There's a point of no return. There's a breaking point where it's no longer good news for the financials and begins to stifle the economy and everything that goes along with it. But right now, we're in a scenario when we see a slight rally in interest rates, we can expect a little bit of a rally to ensue in the financials and vice versa. So today, the bond market rallied a little bit, putting pressure downward in interest rates, and we saw the pricing of financials go down. However, was that actually commensurate with the drop in interest rates? And I would suggest not really. So I'm going to take this and I'm going to still put it as a puzzle piece on the table. There's always a number of ways to look at things. Let's look at this one this way. We'll think in terms of canary and the financials aren't my favorite canary in the coal mine, but there's certainly a tell for the market. We know about the financials. Without the financials, the market's not going to get very far in the northern direction. And if they're melting away, the market, meaning the S&P and other markets, are likely to follow suit sooner than later. Well, guess what? The financials turned on the 12th. Okay, what's going on in the S&P? Here's the 12th. So the S&P didn't turn on the 12th. That's a divergence. The IWM appears to have turned on the 11th, not the 12th. That's also interesting. Now, they're basically going sideways, but there's still divergences going on at here. Not everything that I bring up with every single chart has 100% meaning today, but these are all things that you need to get used to looking at. Why? Because when they are important and something does jump off the page at you, it gives you a leg up on the competition. Who's the competition? All the other traders in the market. They're all trying to eat your lunch. The flip side of the fact that the financials kind of topped out, at least on a short-term basis the other day, and they're pulling back, the flip side of that is they're pulling back, they're consolidating, they're eating time off the clock, staying above home base or the 20-period moving average. So as long as that happens and they stay above the 20-period moving average, they're still poised to make another move higher. There's nothing says that they can't. However, what are we going to use as a line in the sand? We're going to use daily closes below $24.15 in the financials, in the XLF. If we begin to see closes in the XLF below $24.15, that's likely trouble on the horizon, and there's also likely other stuff going on simultaneously. What about Smash Mouth? Anything wrong with Smash Mouth? Absolutely not. Uptrend, blah, 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 you know the routine. So the SMH, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, is a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole. And guess what? There's nothing wrong here. There's nothing wrong with the Qs. There's nothing wrong. The bull case is alive and well. One thing that I want to make mention of as the market continues on its upward grind, it can't seem to bust through, at least for the last several days, this general area. Can't get to the old highs, can't get through if obviously you can't get to the old highs. But we know there's another way to do it. If they can't bust it through during the trading day, they'll do it as thieves or bandits in the night. Everybody has plenty of face masks 
All they got to do is throw one on and do it in the heat of the night when nobody's looking. It's a possibility. It's an awareness. Therefore, we need to be aware of it. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.